0: Welcome to the LDS Divorce Coach Podcast. I take the sting out of divorce. This is your host, Emily Sanchez. Hello, hello. How are you? Emily Sanchez here, live from Gilbert, Arizona, where it's bright and shiny outside. I hope you are doing well. I hope that you're having a great day. Thank you so much for joining me on podcast number 58 what we practice, our habits. Okay, folks, so this is part of my action model. This is the second step. If you haven't listened to podcast number 56, then I highly encourage you to do so. In fact, you can finish listening to this one. Okay, I'll let you. You can finish listening, but it will make more sense if you go through and have an understanding of my basic model. My previous podcast was on pleasure versus pain, the why, why we do the things we do. And that's the first step of my model. The second step is the why turns into the what, what we practice. Okay, so that's today. That's our habits. That's our rituals, what we practice. And eventually that becomes the person that we are. So practice is so, so important. This is truly where the power is in realizing the goals and realizing the person that we want to become. Before I dive into it, you know, when I was editing my last podcast, I thought everything I was saying was basically saying yes to whatever goal you wanted to do, right? But if you do a true spiritual pleasure and pain index type evaluation, there's times when it's going to be a no. There's times when that's the best choice. There's times when it will be, hey, that's actually too much pain, too much time away from my family, too much time that it would be exhilarating, but would eventually cause me a little bit more pain than the pleasure side of it. So I just wanted to touch on that, you guys, that that sometimes, or it might just not be the right time for you in your life to do maybe something you were thinking about. So truly have an honest evaluation with yourself. Get the reasons written down. Derive them into a symbol, or if you just want to look at your reasons, that's what I talked about last time, we want those posted and up. That is what's going to help us. The practice side of it, easy, right? <laughs> but what's not as easy is getting the practice to be habitual. All right. And so if you have your reasons posted, then it will be much more easy on those hard days when we don't want to do the practice. We don't want to do the rituals. All right. And I remember listening to Mel Robbins. She said, you're never going to feel like it. You're never going to feel like it. That's why she suggests to do the five, four, three, two, one. The reverse countdown does something to your brain. When you know you need to do something and you don't feel like doing it, you just go five, four, three, two, one, do it anyway and launch. I love it. All right, you guys. So let's think first. Let's sit with ourselves. Let's get in a space where we can truly think about our day and be honest. What are you practicing? that you don't even realize you are practicing. Now, when I think of practicing, I grew up, you know, from the time I was three and four, playing the piano. So I practiced the piano a lot. And in college, it wasn't until college, that I had a professor who told me, perfect practicing equals perfect performing, perfect playing. And I was like... What? Holy cow, dude. Like, you think that I could practice perfectly? That's where we're supposed to make mistakes. But basically, just what he's saying is, you know, you play how you practice. You are how you practice. You know, the things you do is who, basically, the outcome. That's all he means. So I want you to think about what you do in your day, because I want you to bring from the subconscious into the conscious, right now, what you do. So let's start when you wake up. Are you practicing being happy right when you wake up? (laughs) Are you practicing rush and impatience with your kids getting them off to school? Are you practicing singing in the shower and being happy and positive before you get out to work? Are you practicing yoga? What about prayer, meditation. Are you practicing podcast listening? Yes. Yay. Self-improvement. I love it. Or entertainment, right? (laughs) Are you practicing any type of scripture study? How about an exercise routine? Are you practicing reaching out to that friend that might need to hear from you? Or are you practicing withdrawing from friends? Are you practicing yelling at your kids? Are you You know, the sad thing on that, when I think of perfect practicing, am I practicing that perfectly? Ooh, I hope I'm really imperfect at yelling at my kids. Are you practicing at binge watching Netflix or Amazon Prime, a show called Poldark? Okay, sorry, that was just my plug. That's what happened to me. So these are (laughs) habitual practices. They're in the part of the brain that you don't have to even think about. It's second nature. It's what we do. And because of those little practices that we engage in every day, we have consistent behavior. It is who we are. It has become who we have become. Those little things throughout our day are the reins, you know, directing us where we're going in our lives. So it's a little bit scary when we have a real honest evaluation. So that's step one. I want you to have that with yourself and see the pleasure and pain index. That's where we can think of, okay, what do we want to switch? What practices do we want to implement? But we got to get that why remember, or the practices will just fall off the wayside because we do not want to just rely on willpower. We want to rely on our true person of who we want to become. We want to rely on those amazing reasons why. All right. So we have these practices that we engage in each and every day who make us who we are. And we want to now, now that they're out of our subconscious, we want to have some sort of control because we know that's where the power is. So Remember, in podcast 56, when I introduced the model, I just spoke a tiny bit about this. Now, decision making is in the di- a different part of the brain called the frontal cortex than habit and habitual behavior, things like that. So habit is in the basal ganglia. That's like right smack dab in the middle of the brain. And it's basically where your habits, and your behaviors reside. This is where everything is second nature. It's the riding bikes of our lives, right? It's the driving. We don't have to think about it anymore. Have you ever, (laughs) sadly, I do this when I drive, but get someplace and you're like, how did I get there? What happened in the last five minutes? Okay, that's your autopilot. That's the basal ganglia, where we don't even know sometimes what we're doing. Scary. But we want to be able to take the decision making, you know, from the frontal cortex, make a decision, and then take that and transfer that right into the basal ganglia part of our brain so that it becomes second nature. So what does that mean? How many days do I actually have to make a conscious decision before it becomes unconscious? Well, guys, I hate to break it to you, but the last, the last statistic I looked at was about 66 days. So it takes that long to form a habit that we don't have to think about. But with our reasons why, we can do it without it feeling like it's so hard but it's actually a pleasure so we know that this is the easy part and what do i mean by easy okay what what do i mean by defining our practice okay so the harder part was doing that pleasure and pain index and getting the reasons once we have that so let's take exercise for example because it's just easy you guys So you take that. There are millions of programs now. We know what to do. All right. If you don't know, Google it and you will be given answers. Google is our mom now. I heard that expression. Sadly, Google has all the answers, right? What if... Better co-parenting. I I mention that a lot just because I'm a divorce coach and that's what I see. I see miscommunication. I see hurt feelings. I see trauma around talking to exes and triggers. And so I'm going to bring that up, you guys. So what about better communication with our co-parent? Let's say that is something that we've done the pleasure and pain index on and we have beautiful reasons. What now? What are the little things that we can do each day? Well, guess what? You can Google that too and get answers. But you know what the answers are. If you don't, call me. I'll give you some tips about how to effectively communicate. And you put that into your little rituals that you want to have. Rituals are the power. Consistent rituals. So we have to write, you can write them down. But guess what? The reason I say we don't even have to post those you know, up somewhere, it's because we know them. Maybe you can post them for a week. But you guys, we know them. We know that, you know, if it's exercise, that we're going to go to the gym at this time every day, we're going to really get clear on what the little rituals are. We know them. we don't have to have them up. Because we know what we need to do. Maybe you found a, a program of a eating program. So you know what you got to do you've just got to do it. But the reasons are more important. I'll say that this whole podcast and you're going to get tired of hearing it, but it's true. So we want to get those little rituals very, very clear. Again, if you need to post those somewhere or put them in, you know, your notes in your phone, just so that you can get it as part of your daily routine, part of your habit, go for it. So rituals, that's huge. Now, I said before, that our practice is our power. It's the small things. What do I really, really mean by that? Well, we could look back at our step number one in that we tried to think about what we were practicing, take the subconscious and put it into the conscious. Wow, look at who we've become. You know, like if you're proud of it, great. If you know there's some improvement, great too. But if you're able to truly go in and be like, whoa, like that needs major fixing, that is amazing that you can even do that. But my point is, look at all those consistent little things that we do. Don't they have so much power to shape us into who we've become? It's really, really cool to look at. You know, there's a scripture, Alma 37, verse 6, that says, by small and simple things, great things are brought to pass. And Alma even says, you might suppose that this is foolishness in me, but by small and simple things, great things are brought to pass. Interesting that he would say that, you know, he's like this, you might think this is foolish, but this is where the power lies. Those small things every day, what do they do? They generate results is what they do. Now, I don't know if you guys remember, but, um, Elder Ukdorf gave a talk a few years ago, now he's a pilot, so he talked about if his navigation system is off by even one degree, just a tiny bit, how much that affects where the plane goes, right? Now, what if we can just shift one degree into the right course for us? It's a huge result. The product is amazing when we do those small and consistent things. So there's power in it. If it's exercise, you've got to plan for it. Set your shoes out. I say that a lot. Set your clothes out. Prepare. Prepare your mind for the habit. Prepare your mind the night before for, hey, guess what? Tomorrow, I'm going to have a conversation. I'm going to text this. And it's going to be effortless because of my reasons. And it's going to help my daughter. You know, whatever you got to do to wrap your mind about the habits of it. So you can put it into the small, continuous, easy. That's another thing that the small and simple things do. Is that you don't have to freak out about the huge end result. You just plug along. You know, if you got 50 pounds to go, you're not thinking what can I do to lose 50 pounds in a day? No, you're just going to go week by week, day by day, hour by hour, loving it, living it, because you have those reasons. All right. It's the small and simple things that bring the power. Another point that I want to make is know yourself. You know what works for you and you know what hasn't in the past. So let me give you an example. For me, I do about 50-50 as far as my exercise goes in the fact that I need a buddy. I need group fitness. I cannot do it on my own. I'm not very intrinsically motivated there. So if I have a goal in that fitness category then to actualize my goal, I'm going to make sure that I go to group fitness classes because I know myself and I know I will not do it on my own. But maybe Tuesday and Thursday, I will do it on my own or something different. Or maybe you know that you can't get up that early. You've tried it before and it's terrible and it hurts you and it gives you pain, that pain index. So you're going to do the things you know you can be successful in. What about if this is a, a goal surrounding a new business? or your current business. And you know you're just terrible at marketing. Maybe you're terrible at social media. So what are you going to do? Know yourself. Know your strengths, know your weaknesses. You're going to you know hire someone to help you or you're going to learn about it and search it and research it. You know, we just need to remember that we don't have to go out and be an NBA basketball player when we're no good at basketball, you know? <laughs> when you're just good enough for maybe rec league We're not asking for that. Don't ask that of of yourself. And there's some beautiful scriptures too that go along with with not running faster than you have strengths too. You know, there's Mosiah chapter 4 verse 26. He talks about, do not run faster than you have strengths. And then the interesting thing is, and I've never really correlated it before, but as I was reading this, it kind of just hit me. In verse 30 of the same chapter, how do we not run faster than we have strength? We get all excited. We have our reasons and we want to go, 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 right? I do this a lot and I go full force and I do too much. And then I have kind of this bounce back of not wanting to continue because I've run too fast, faster than I had strength. So he says in the very last verse, we have to watch ourselves, and our thoughts, and our deeds, and our actions. Interesting. Are not our thoughts and our deeds, you know, our, or it's thoughts, words, actions, I don't have it memorized, you guys, but are not those things our habits? Are not those things our practice? He says we have to watch them and of course incorporate the Lord. So a big, big point is to know yourself, what your talents are and where you need help. If you need, you know, a personal trainer, go get one. If you want the biggest results, go get one. Someone that you have seen has had the biggest results. If you need help with your finances, go to a financial planner who has had the results in their own life If you need a coach to get over this divorce stuff, go to someone who has seen results in their life. If you need a therapist to get over depression, go to them. Find people. They're everywhere. You can find them. You can get the help. You can do these habits. You can put the practice into place. Okay, guys, so 60 days, right? Posting the whys, not the what's. That is my biggest point, is... We know what we need to do. It's a, you know, the advice is a dime a dozen out there. Find some great advice about your particular goal. And then realize that it takes a decision, constant decisions, 66 days. And then you won't even have to decide. It will just be a part of who you are and what you do. And you'll see yourself becoming the person that you want to become. So that's all from me. All right, you guys. I hope you have a blessed day. Know that I'm thinking about you. I love hearing from you. I would love to hear a review, see it, and or hear from you through email, CoachEmilySanchez at gmail.com. All right, take care. Have a great day. Make it what you want. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. Come on over and visit me at CoachEmilySanchez.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, make it a great day.